<laughs> Welcome to the chat. Okay, so today we are joined by um, Devon, aka the Black Airbender. Um, he is the pioneer of alchemy breathwork and is a breatharian, which I'm sure we all want to find out how that is possible. Um, so Devon, welcome to the shed and uh, thank you for today um, and the interview that we're going to take place. And could you just elaborate on sort of the many talents you have, but sort of the journey and how it started of this sort of self-discovery and lifestyle that you now have? Yeah, so this mainly started with me losing everything to a business partner and tapping into the power of the breath. I met my mentor at the time, and the number one thing when I got into my first ever breath session was how was I breathing leading down to that downward spiral. And then from there, I took everything I learned and meshed it with the ideology or uh, the perception that everything is based off the human body in terms of the technologies that we use. And thus, I created something what I call alchemy breathwork, which is more of a parasympathetic style of breathing that you can utilize in your daily life, compiling mental breathwork, quantum breathwork, quantum mechanics, and biophotonic resonance all into one. Okay. <laughs> so... If we, uh, I think the best sort of, because um, to some people, you know, um, especially probably myself around two, two, three years ago, I wouldn't have understood anything you just said at all. Um, you know, even being connected to the body or connected to the breath, I think a lot of people are still walking around with the body being a sort of robot that they're not really connected with, with the mind. So, I mean, just to go, go back a little bit, um, what is what is sort of breath to you as a simple question? Oh, what is breath to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's funny you said that. I literally have a, a track coming out in the <laughs> question. What is, what is breath to me? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, breath to me is, it represents contrast. It also represents spirit. It also represents energetic and Wherever the breath goes, the mind goes. Wherever the mind goes, the body follows. And wherever the body goes, that's what attracts or compiles and manifests your everyday reality. Yeah. So the breath, the breath to me represents, uh, it's, it's its own entity, if you will, in itself. It's its own being. It's, it's a life force. That's what it also represents as well. It represents the all that is because the breath has touched and seen everything yeah. all into one and comes it comes right back to you it takes three to or it takes four to five days going around the world in terms of aerodynamics and coming right back to you so another form or another characteristic the breath is also magnetic it's a magnetic force so in the world of magnetism if we're all focused, you know, there's some people that focus on law of attraction well there it is <laughs> that that's that's a magnetic force that you can control and, or harmonize, I like to say, if you don't want to focus too much on the control, at least harmonize and focus on the, har the harmony there, thus making your life in more harmonic balance. Okay, so just trying to absorb that. So in the, uh, in the context of looking at it as, as oxygen, you know, 
saying it's it's magnetized or it's it's its own sort of being you know that can be taken as like substances or anything anything else that you're absorbing and taking out so you would say that oxygen is it's kind of its own living force well it's not just oxygen in the air there's also Mm. nitrogen and all the other gases in in that aspect okay and um what's what's the difference between uh I mean, a mental breath work is is a fairly obvious name, but mental breath work to color breath work to uh, quantum breath work. Yeah. So the main difference is it's it's diving in, like I said, the characteristics of, of the breath itself. You know, I truly trust it's not just the breath keeping us alive, but I feel like it's also the mechanics of the breath itself that we can't even see or even humanly fathom to the fullest degree. Uh, and like I said, the aspect of contrast, right? So down with the mental breath work, something like echo breathing, like on your exhales, you would see whatever object, even yourself, if you want, on your exhales, you multiply into the multi- multiple versions of that one object. And then on the inhale, everything comes back into one. So if we look at uh, before any type of religion came to be, there was something called animism, where our ancient ancestors could perceive everything as being quote unquote alive. And then Western science comes years later saying that there's no such thing as a physical object. Everything is moving at a molecular level, at a molecular rate. Thus, everything is what? (laughs) Somewhat alive. Everything Mm. is quote unquote animated, if you will, hence the word animism. So that is what the breath represents. It represents contrast in the sense of moving energy, right? So with that being said, everything is somewhat breathing. Everything has contrast since it's not fully stagnant. So when you're harmonizing the breath and whatever object or yourself, when you're harmonizing it into one, you feel the sense of expansion in terms of awareness, mental capacity, and overall well-being to thus handle yourself. And I like to say the external world will rule the way you breathe until you rule the way you breathe. Mm. And now diving into, now we dive a little bit into the mental breath work, a little bit in that aspect. Now in the sense of colors, when the colors is universal, no matter where you go, even if you're quote unquote colorblind, you at least see somewhat of a shade. Or even if you are, uh, if you are completely blind in, in general, then we dive into auditory breathwork where you're harmonizing the breath and color. And I'll give you one instance. I love sharing this one uh, client's experience where he had to live with his spouse that they're technically separated, but they share a child. So he had literally no choice but to you know uh, live there at the time. Mm. And she's the type of person to get him riled up and to the point where cops would sometimes would have to come and and intervene. So two weeks were working on specifically color breathing. And like I said, colors is universal. So it was consistency in terms of different exercises with the color, using different breath patterns with particular colors. Thus, you're creating a library in your subconscious mind when you interact with colors and building more of a harmonious relationship. So this woman literally tries to antagonize him 
and try to get him angry. Mm. And before he could even say a word, he starts crying because all he could think of was the colors she was wearing. And at that specific moment in time, she also realized the trauma she was also perpetuating and always projecting mm. at that time as well. So that's how powerful colors colors is. I mean, the sun has a whole spectrum of colors and, and frequency and, and rainbows, etc. But different colors gives us different sense of mood or different colors also have different relationships with our childhood trauma, what we went through as a kid, the certain colors we would see often as a kid and certain memories that would be attached to those colors. So the aspect of color breathing in itself is so powerful. Mm. And yeah, in the sense of quantum, quantum also resides in the aspect of the whole mental breath work um, in, in that aspect as well. Okay. The, um, the, I've, I, I mean, I've done breath work for a while now, but I've did I, with colors. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure of color breathing or how, how to even, how to even do that but when i meditate i find when i'm completely um in a good space really then and not really thinking about anything that's when colors come up in my mind and it's a lot of time you know um trying to distinguish what they mean or how i can relate to them how would you say i would go anyone would go about that if, if they're meditating and then say blue is coming up because i was looking at sort of the chakra colors or trying to translate with that kind of energy in my body, but I wasn't too sure. And then sometimes I go through a phase where I just don't see any, and I'm like, where have they gone? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So now, now we're talking about the internal journey, and okay. it's a beautiful thing to, to utilize colors with, um, with, a, with a marker, if you will. It's like reading a book. You, know, yeah. you have your book. So a beautiful way to take an internal journey in that sense Let's say, again, you had that meditation and you remembered a specific color or colors or a range of colors. So then the next meditation you go into or the next transcendental meditation or however you want to describe it or breathwork practice and you close your eyes, think of that exact same color again. Because whatever is popping up subconsciously that you're not really you know, pushing forward, uh, it's going to it's giving you feedback. It's giving you, I call it biofeedback in a sense. Mm. It's giving you biofeedback or it's showing you what particular areas of the body that is need, either needs attention or you're literally just diving into in terms of the self journey. So when you dive into the next meditation and you dive into that color, that specific color, and you think of that color and you just get into the trance, however you want to describe it in that zone, you go deeper and deeper and deeper to what that specific thing or feeling is trying to tell you internally. And you literally take a deeper journey. It's like you're starting from where you lift off because what it, what is time? Time is more of a man-made concept and the subconscious mind doesn't perceive the same way as the conscious mind does when it comes to time. Mm. So time is somewhat irrelevant. You're just, li like, like I said, you're literally picking up where you left off. And that's how you go deeper in, in the sense of meditation. That's why even some monks, you see some monks wearing the orange, the orange robe. They do yeah. that on purpose because it keeps them into a certain trance of a meditation in their in their walking life as well, too, in terms of that, in terms of that energy. So another thing, when you dive deeper into that same exact 
color, it might change into another color, or some people even have deeper visions and stuff of that nature. So that's a powerful way of going about utilizing color in, in that in that matter when it comes to yeah. uh, focusing on the internal. So basically, just just go again and and, and hunt for it, <laughs> or or try to visualize it again. Yeah. Um, so I mean, do you think uh, you're based in Miami, right? I think that's where. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, in in London or you know the Western world, do you think that we've had this kind of um, bit of explosive after sort of lockdown and everything else? You know, the spiritual world has kind of taken on form a lot more, and we've got things on normal TV like Wim Hof doing um, ice baths, and you know, so it's it's becoming more me- mainstream. Um, how? How can do you think connecting the breath with the the Western world will help help sort of people's day to day with their stresses of work and everything like that? Yeah, so that's uh, moving forward of why I even thought about even coming back to like the public realm and being on social media, etc. Yeah, I designed alchemy breathwork in the sense of utilizing it in your everyday life beyond the sit down sessions. So literally becoming, I like to say, a walking glitch in the matrix, <laughs> yeah. if you will. But it's also teaching people how to utilize a specific muscle when it comes to literally the everyday stresses in life. Instead of complaining, why not focus on the solution, mm. right? And even though some problems are right in front of your face, it's great to Focus on the solution, even when you're going through those problems, because it's just going to make you, you can only become stronger out of it when you do focus on the solutions while you are dealing with the problems. In in that regard, it's only going to make you stronger. So it's so important to utilize the breath in this manner, in this way, when we're interacting with people, you know, even the CIA, they use something called mirror breathing. Mm. And mirror breathing is beautiful if you even deal with social anxiety in general, or you deal with people around you that uh, are very sporadic when they speak, or they don't even know how to control themselves in a certain manner. So (laughs) what you would do is, while they're talking, that would be your exhale. And whenever they inhale, you inhale with them. And you do that a couple times, the inhale, you do that a couple times and a couple times, a couple breaths. And then you get to the point where you're, you know, you find a rhythm And then you realize when they're talking, you want to go longer on your exhales than the inhale, longer on your exhales. They're still talking, then they inhale, and then longer on your exhales. You're going to start to realize how their their bodies start to shift, start to calm down, regulate, Mm. because their ear neurons is reading your calmness, your energetic resonance, because every every body, everybody's Mm. bodies... They love homeostasis. No, nobody wants to be in fight or flight ever, really. <laughs> That's not where home is. Keyword home, homeostasis. Rest, digest, heal, yeah. right? So when the person is at a equilibrium in terms of their frequency, wavelength of more in the parasympathetic state, it's going to affect others, including your jobs as well, is going to be more stress-free no matter where you go in that aspect when you learn how to control your breath, thus allowing you to also have influence in your environment, even though you may not perceive, even though there might be a boss above you, etc. 
But still, if you have influence in terms of your energetic resonance, it's going to transmute or transform you for the better in terms of either a better paying job or just a better environment inside the workplace. Mm. And who doesn't want that? You know, yeah. so it, it all it all boils down back to you, you know, in terms of responsibility, your your ability to be responsible for your abilities. And one of them is breathing because breathing affects everyone around you. You know, that's why I also came up with subliminal breathwork music because it's like you're breathing as multiple people when you're listening to either me or a group of people being recorded, breathing in a deeper state of resonance subliminally, it's going to affect your mirror neurons to mm. then breathe deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, that is one of the, um, I use one of Wim Hof's um, breath work and it is it is sound as well as breath through all of it. But I can do, I, I do it by myself as well um sometimes i'm not be connected to headphones or anything else um what do you what do you think um is the the connection between breathwork and certain frequencies or certain sounds i know there's obviously different states of frequency like gamma alpha uh theta so i use some i use a sort of um app that has different frequencies that i put on but what's the connection with, or how does it work really with, with breath and frequencies and to, to someone that wouldn't know a bit like me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, so breath and frequency, they go hand in hand. Like uh, when I did, when they did studies on me in Pathwaves in Miami, uh, I did different styles of breathing and you can see high points of gamma being being pinpointed high points of theta during different styles of breathing. Mm. And there are even points where I'm just breathing normally and just tapping into the mental breath work. And you could see high fluctuations of theta starts, starts to starts to rise. And they go like, what are you doing differently? We just still hear the same normal breathing. I'm like, well, I'm breathing into other parts subconsciously, you know, diving deeper and giving a deeper experience with the breath. It, Think about it like this. You're, you're literally breathing into different parts of the mind. And that's that's the type of muscle I'm talking about when it comes to mental breath work. And that has so much to do with frequency in itself. Now, if you want to be more physical in the aspect of frequency, you can do something like I call frequency breathing, creating like a pulse. And my one of my favorites is the, the 369 method, method where it's you can do a, a regular inhale and a three-part breath, and then a regular inhale, then a six-part breath, and then a regular inhale, then a nine. And then nine. So you can even do it with 528 hertz or whatever different frequencies uh, you'd like, but you would also do it on, on repeat, on a repeating pattern. Isn't that is three six nine the numbers that Tesla said to understand the universe? Is that are they the right numbers? <laughs> yes, frequency, frequency and vibration. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are one of the sets for sure. Yeah, and what so, so in the difference of like five forty, but I know the the types of um, ones I have are usually hemisync based. So you'd have one frequency on this ear and one frequency on this ear. Is that so? It it, it plays the same frequency with you know it matches in itself because if it's 540 is that 
you know, the best sort of meditational, you know, what I'm trying to get at is what, how do you know which frequencies for which state for where you are to relax, to concentrate, to focus, you know, these, these different states or different frequencies? Ah, so yeah, there are different points of, there's a whole frequency tablet of, or table, if you will, of what frequencies do in terms of there's even frequency for the spine there's there's different frequencies for the eyes the ears or even erasing negative thoughts which has a playback or runtime if you will of over 369 minutes then (laughs) which is wild which is wild yeah but it's you know when it comes to frequencies a lot of people just get stuck on all right, this certain frequency, that certain frequency, but it's a whole array. You know, there's certain, when you type in certain programs and certain frequencies, like the scalar device that I have, you'll notice there's, uh, it'll say a particular set of numbers in terms of the frequency, and then it goes equal to another set of numbers. And what that represents is sweeping frequencies, mm-hmm. meaning that at certain second intervals, it goes through different points of frequencies going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that creates a different resonance in terms of what it does to the body. And that's why certain sets of sweeping frequencies do different things, such as either stimulate the pineal or stimulate the, the vagus nerve or stimulate uh, the, the, the pancreas, if mm. you will, in di- different organs in the body, et cetera, et cetera or even create certain things like colloidal gold, or uh, de- even you can even target vitamin deficiencies, if you will. And that has a whole array of different frequency sets and sweeps that goes back and forth at certain yeah. second intervals or minute intervals, which plays a huge factor in producing the effects they do. Yeah. So that sort of leads to my next point, which is, you know, does breath work have healing capabilities beyond mental health, you know, physical health? I, I've seen, you know, things with um, Wim Hof and uh, and other different people that, you know, were, were at death's door, really. You know, they had no other option, but, you know, good nutrition, breath work, ice baths. So, I mean, what, what sort of work have you done or or do you know of that, that has helped with um, any sort of illnesses through breath work? Oh man, they're they're all on my YouTube. <laughs> all the all the testimonials are there. Yeah, Either yeah. with some a lady with sickle cell uh, that finally she can you could finally see her veins. That that was a wild wild testimonial uh, in itself. Even people with a deviated septum as well, tapping mm-hmm. into the power of of alchemy and breathwork, utilizing for that. Uh, even people that have issues that can't even speak up for themselves, like in the workplace, which is uh, super important, you know, so things, things of that nature as well. Uh, in people with uh, like mothers, when I work with mothers, there's more breast milk in, in their breasts as mm. well for, for their child, because when you're breathing more efficiently, the blood starts producing and helping the mother to produce more milk so yeah a whole variety (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's great um and i've i've seen other things i mean i haven't tried myself but you know dmt is a is 
you know, in the body as well. And have you ever done breath work that releases the substance itself or had any sort of trip like experience through breath work? Oh, or? yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I have. Uh, even at particular times, if you, and you don't have to, you don't have to hyperventilate to, to even get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, you know, even, even, yeah, breathing at specific times around the 3 a.m. mark or the 9 to 11 p.m. mark, I definitely want to let people know that you also, pr- you can produce even more melatonin naturally instead of, instead you know, getting over prescription drugs and mm. overdosing kids, which is a sad epidemic right now, which yeah. is so wild. So even doing breath work around those times help produce more natural DMT. And uh, something to note, the style of, of breath work, you know, that this, this embodies, you're not going to have a crash later on. It's, it's, it's an interesting flow of high if, if you will, it's, it's not too overstimulating. You're also not going to have a seizure. Yeah. Uh, like, like some of the, like Wim Hof, like some, I've seen people have seizures, etc. Going to have a seizure in that's in that way, because you're main, mainly, we're mainly using the nose as well. We don't do many breath holds whatsoever, but different styles. But again, it's about keeping that, that level of, of resonance throughout the day mm. and that's why it's a style of breath work that you can go do randomly throughout the day that's what i encourage more randomly versus just hey let me sit down here one hour and just focus on this i encourage people i push people like say nah try to do it as randomly as possible throughout the day because that also helps simulate the the mental strength if you will mm. to deal with certain uncertainties when they arrive in your life that's being real you know it's like mm. fit, you know take it for what it is instead of what it could be in yeah. a sense yeah for sure and, and taking away that that out of the equation yeah i mean that's it's how to react in the right way to a situation some people see stress or something comes up and they react to it in a bad way or desire or pleasure or things like that i look at like I suppose I've been sort of the sit down, do it at that time. I'm very regimented in my morning routine. You know, I work out or I run or I stretch. I stretch every day. And then at the end of it is sort of breathing and then and then cold showers. So I look at it now, maybe I should just look at it like, well. But I think because I've done breath work, it now if I find a moment of where something's getting tense or there's stress coming up, then I do, it's it's a straight inhale, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you go you go to it more like that. Um, so moving on from from the breath, obviously you're a uh, breatharian, which I just find um, amazing. Really, uh, you know, I'm still trying to get my head around it. And just for those that don't know, would you just explain a little bit what the lifestyle of a, a breatharian is? Yeah, I'm changing the name to biophotarian. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that too. <laughs> you know, yeah, bi- biophotons. Because at the end of the day, it's I. You know, everyone is somewhat of a of a breatharian because everyone breathes, right? So, yeah. and then there's the other aspect I like to say. Well, do you put the breath first? And that's and that that's super important. Then you then you can finally really understand the aspect of breatharianism. It's more than just quote unquote, not eating. It's about building the foundation of, of resonance because it's different from just fasting. You 
you are building a supplementation, if you will, that replaces your normal or or your normal intake of what food would quote unquote give you, a dense food would give you. Now, mm. now your food changes into light therapy. Your food changes into biophoton therapy, or sun gazing, or you know manipulating or shifting or harmonizing, if you will, with different breathing patterns to give you different stimulation of chemicals in the body to help sustain you. Mm. So, so, yeah. So do you, um, I mean, did you start off this journey with fasting first? Like, how did it, how did you sort of transform? Obviously, you know, you was in a, a sticky situation with a business partner, then you went through the sort of pro process of the stress or whatever led you to breath work. But then what led you to, obviously breath work probably led you to this, but, <laughs> but also, I mean, um, you know, the transitional process of, in my head, thinking, okay, I mean, I, I, I can quite happily eat one meal a day, you know, uh, or fast for a longer period of time. But, you know, in England, we pretty much have grey gray sky, skies, so the, the solar energy might not be so good. <laughs> but well, no, there, there, There's biophotons everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if, there, if there's a tree standing next to you, like, what do you think the tree is, mm -hmm. is uh, living on right now? Yeah, of course, of course. So how do you, do you think that's more in the mind that you can, once you you believe it, you understand it, then the body will follow? Oh, hands down. Yes. Mm. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, before my first ever breath session, my, my mentor, my, my <clears throat> Sifu, he had me fast for two weeks on liquids and I've never done that long of, of a fast. And, yeah. and then we got, then we got into the breath, the two hour breath session, which was super powerful. Uh, that opened that opened a lot of things, and I could finally. After that, of course, I went back to to eating, and then uh, the more time I spent with him, the more he taught me, and the more I started decreasing, decreasing to literally. It went to one solid meal a week, to one solid meal a month, and then just mm. I just gave into liquids at a certain point. Did you find any? You know. Um... Any complications, any health problems, anything sort of through the process or, you know, what, what should people look out for that they would have to do in order, you know, to sustain themselves or do this transition? I, I think, you know, how long is it that you've, you've gone through the transition or been a breatharian or not eaten, I would say? <laughs> yeah, so it took, it took a span of two years to finally get to the point of this, this liquids in that aspect. But again, you have to build a foundation, which is either meditation, hence breathing. Cause when, when you, when you stop eating dense foods, what will, <laughs> you know, you have to find also, you're going to, you're going to notice boosts of energy. Thus you're going to have less sleep, which is practically normal, but it all depends on how you're breathing. If you're breathing, Seratically, if you're a mouth breather, then you really need to change that hands. Because when when you are sleeping and you're breathing like that, and even even people who quote unquote fast, you're you're increasing your chance of heart attack. It goes up by thirty percent in terms of sleep apnea and all different other sleeping disorders, etc. Mm. So breathing has such a huge part of 
shifting into uh, this this lifestyle, if you will, because now you're learning uh, the aspect of breathing through. I like to say breathing through the the life force of everything around you, mm. not just you. And when you when you learn that aspect that everything around you is is living, moving, you're then harmonizing no matter where you go versus just being an being isolated. Isolation in itself, it it is it is, or solitude. Solitude is a more healthier term. Solitude, yes, is important here and there. But if you if you find yourself isolated, then then something something's not right. If you find uh, doing doing this path or even fasting in general rough or or harsh, you know, you're supposed to be having fun with it, even though it could be sometimes um, rough and and harsh, mm. if you will, at certain points, specifically with fasting in general. Yeah, for sure, you're going to have those days. But it's also important to realize and understand that if the journey isn't fun, then why are you doing it? Yeah, 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 of course. Um so, I mean, in the sense of in the sense of like um, how the body can absorb, would you what would you say is your main source of energy for yourself now on a day to day basis? Is it is it mainly obviously breath? But I mean, from that, what have you sort of told your mind that you're where you're pulling new energy from that you don't need food anymore? It, the main source is having fun with the breath that's the main that's the main no that is the main Mm. source like i said the breath itself it's a living entity we live in matter there even though we there's nothing or nothing is in front of us but nothing is also something it is matter Mm. you know you can literally blow into a balloon and put it in nitrogen gas and you'll still see particles come out of the balloon what does that tell you you're literally breathing out particles and you're also inhaling particles as well so the main thing is learning how to shift the filter to where every inhale is healing every inhale is light every inhale is abundance of energy if you will Mm -hmm. yeah really interacting with it i guess and then so do you think to to evolve yourself from someone that has eaten for so so long and then do you think that you, what's your opinion on food in the way does it break down the body or over time because that's something I've, I've looked into that food you know if we're in a sort of running machine um you know like anything if a car is driving constantly forever it's going to eventually break down in different rust. parts yeah, yeah. it's going to rust so how i look at it is obviously not talking about junk food, processed food or stuff like that, because that's obviously no good. But if we're talking about, um, you know, good nutrition, you know, vegetables, you know, a, a healthy diet, basically, would you say that that food is still breaking down the body over time and that, you know, someone with your lifestyle would live longer? Um, maybe. <laughs> we, time will tell with that one. but. <laughs> I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying for it, but uh, that, that, that's not that's not the main goal. I mean, no, the main goal is to to live happily and 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 abundant in in all aspects of life. So, 
to answer your question, well, let's look at a turtle. Look, look at the turtle and how it yeah. breathes and how it eats as well, which mm. is... I've got amazing. a pet tortoise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He takes, <laughs> they don't, they he takes his time, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was just recording my, my breathwork album and I did a, a long inhale and i go i go to the the producer i'm like hey how long was that inhale he's like a minute and like 30 seconds i was like okay all right cool yeah. <laughs> you know so it, it takes time to to build overall but to answer your question with the aspect of food mm. so my main thing is frequency nutrition you also ask where you know what's like the main source is it, it's mainly frequency like we're all eating somewhat of a frequency, right? But how dense, how abundant is that particular frequency? You know, when you eat something in a dense form and you go poop it out, what does that tell you? Your body only used some of it, yeah, not yeah. all of it. Yeah, of course. Right? So that that should easily tell, give you the, the aspect of like, wait a minute, I don't think my body's using everything I really eat. So what's mm. really happening here? Hmm. So what's really happening is your body, your DNA, it's your DNA itself is biophotonic. It is, it resonates on, on light. That's why when you go out in the sun, your stress hormones go down, etc. all the benefits you have when you're in the sun, when you're in fluorescent light, cortisol go up, stress hormones go up, artificial mm. light. When you're in, when you're in that spectrum, that should tell you, you are a light being you're a crystallized light being as as science is now calling it crystallized or crystalline light being as we all are so when it comes to frequency you know we can dial into 528 hertz 432 etc but like i said i always say this what you do frequently becomes your frequency so that in itself is its own frequency and and now you're learning how to take in certain frequencies and, and a different aspect. I, I challenge everyone out there to every, every time you eat, every time you drink something, play one of my subliminal breathwork music in the background for 30 days straight. And your relationship with, with food will change for the better mm. for sure. Yeah. 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 All of that. I mean, it, it does make sense to me as much. I think it's just that, just especially in England or the Western world, you know, it's consumerism, consumerism, consumerism. Like there's 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 more sweets than anything else, uh, and they're all at the end of the till. So I look at it like it's it's a long time of programming in one sense to actually understand a, a completely other uh, other way of living is what sort of bounces back people. It's like no, that's not really possible. So do you think that you know this is a stage in your life now that you've chosen to take this? Do you think? I think we've kind of lost the human path in a sense, a natural human path, because it's more like career, marriage, you know, <laughs> divorce maybe, but but like it's more like a path of a system in that trait rather than being in a body and what that body you should learn from that body is. Do you think with yourself that this stage now is going to expand to another stage or are you happy with how you are now? Or uh, I'm just living in the moment as much as possible. And wherever it takes me, it'll it'll take me. Yeah, of course. So I mean, there's with sort of life after death or those sort of circumstances. I've seen, you know, some with 
with DMT or, you know, they go to a certain realm or whatever, would you say that, you know, because if you're not eating, your body must be a lighter body in a sense. Would you say that is something that that is an evolution that a human body should take? And my my point to that is, should a baby be eating, you know, up to the age of like growth of 25 when a, when a male or female stops kind of growing? Should you eat through those periods of your life and then transcend into someone that doesn't eat anymore and takes the energy? You know, what would be that process? Oh, the process would be feeding the baby the breast milk until it's till the mother has no more breast milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that should be the natural process. And if more people were to do that, I think we'd probably see less obesity because the stem cells that and the energetic resonance, because the the physical mother represents the mother of life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Mm. She represents a frequency. So if you're training the baby all the way until, uh, I think some mothers still have breast milk until even 13 or there, I, there's one lady on Oprah I saw was still breastfeeding her 20 year old. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, <laughs> that might not suit many people though. <laughs> they yeah, might, might have to move out many. at 18. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, <laughs> you know, what that, what that represents, because there are some tribes in, in Africa mm. uh, I've seen that do do that, you know, and you'll notice they, they barely, they barely eat. They, yeah. they, they're, most, they're mostly liquids, if, if anything, and they don't need much to survive because low key, they've been literally training themselves in, in that manner. And it's a very interesting, powerful powerful resonance to understand how powerful the mother and the woman and what that energy really represents. So it all also boils down into the knowledge aspect. You know, if we look at certain ancient Egypt practices in terms of cleansing and getting to that point of, of, of less food dependency, you can also see the jet pillar that was going through the ground, running electric resonance of energy you know, it's safe to say, you know, even if you don't want to say that there was no electricity back then, etc. at least they understood if you stuck metal in the ground, mm. you'd still get frequencies, etc. And what they would do, there's even a drawing out there on 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 one of the on one of the hieroglyphs when I went out there, you'll see the prong, the metal prong, the copper prong going into the back of the head, which is the softest point to the pineal gland. Mm. And that sticks going straight into the ground, into the earth, resonating frequency, energy, uh, etc. And what, what, what were they doing? They were literally feeding energy from the earth into the body in, in that way. Yeah. I, so, I mean, Egypt has always fascinated me, and especially sort of ancient civilizations. I mean, and it leads to sort of a question I had, you know, why would sort of the information that you found or the information that, that we're all sort of looking for in a way now of how to live a better life or healthier life in the system that we're placed in, and why would you think it's been suppressed or these, um, you know, Egyptian you know, what What the Egyptians really were doing is so suppressed. It's so hard to find in certain senses. Uh, greed. Greed is one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> greed. Mm. 
I think uh, greed is what compelled or, and when it comes to some of these technologies that was somewhat lost, if you will, even down to the Greeks and, and uh, the stuff that they built, I lost it on top of my head of what it's called. But tapping into, in, into that aspect, you know, we look at the great floods. Mm. I think maybe the great floods had something to do with it that wiped out lots of civilizations, etc., and also knowledge, going back to the aspect of the knowledge, right? But it's a beautiful thing that we're here today in the, in the age of information, and now it's just applying some of this information back into our, our reality down even to the aspect of urine therapy, you know, with the Indians and into their ancient hieroglyphs and their ancient Ayurvedic practices, urine therapy was also in there. And now come to learn, we all technically have been doing urine therapy nine months in the womb. <laughs> so, mm. so what, like, just to stop you there, what is urine therapy? Cause that I haven't yeah. heard of. <laughs> yeah. Urine therapy is a consumption of your urine oh, right, or your okay. urine or your plasma filtrate as it's medically termed in the medical, in the medical field. Uh, it's not, it's not a waste product whatsoever. It's, it can mm. be any healing properties, etc. And there's also the aspect of biophotonic resonance in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you know who Dr. Sebi is, that's yeah, how yeah. Dr. Sebi first got, got into the holistic world. He went to a Mexican facility, met a Mexican doctor, and he fasted on urine. And that's how he gained his eyesight back, clearing all the mucus. Mm. I've heard it can uh, get, rid of, get rid of parasites. Oh, oh yeah. My first, my first time drinking it, I had it in the bottle sitting there for about a good two weeks. Mm. And then I was reading, reading, reading. And then I was like looking at it. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm drinking it. I drank it, <laughs> went straight, went straight to the toilet. And that was the first time I've seen parasites mm. come out. Yeah. That must've been a bit scary. <laughs> so you yeah. have to, you have to let, let it sit for a while, two weeks. That's oh, you, you don't have to, you, you can, don't have you to can drink it. You can drink it fresh mm -hmm. you can mix it with your smoothies or you can apply it topically. If you're taking any medication, I highly suggest applying it topically until you learn how to wean off certain medications, etc. You yeah, know, there are sure. people that do that. Yeah. Okay. That one I, I might leave on the back burner for a little bit, but I should later on try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, down, you know, even in, in even your saliva technically contains urea. So yeah, so you know, you're we're, drinking we're, it all day. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're doing it one form or another, but the urine obviously just it's more concentrated. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so going going a little bit back, so just while we're on the topic anyway of the Egyptians, um, the structure you have as a headpiece is a pyramid. So where has yeah. that kind of technology come from? I see, you know, um, I haven't really seen it anywhere else, to be honest. It's something that quite, it's quite unique. <laughs> yeah, so these are, not, they're not just metal plated. I know I have the light on. Yeah, yeah. I know if you can see the difference, the difference in color, but. All right, okay. The, yeah, the middle one is diamond plated. The top one is gold and copper, and the bottom is completely gold 
And what that is, uh, wait, before they metal, before they metal plated, they organ plated. So organ plating goes through electrolysis where you dip the, the type, the type, the titanium plates into the water, giving it a positive and a negative charge at the same time, thus creating an organ effect, also incorporating other metals in there as well, before even plating it in general. So this would have a stronger effect than just plating a pyramid piece, et cetera, because this also represents, in my opinion, the Giza pyramids and, and how they're built with technically limestone. Mm. Once upon a time, the coating was more white, shiny. And of course, they all had uh, the top gold piece. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, on top, from the capstone. Yeah. So so what does it do for you, for, for, a, for a human body to have on your head yeah so my neuroscientist friends uh they've they've tested it themselves and it puts you more into a theta brainwave state that's of my favorite uh points of, of wearing it as well uh the the other the other points of wearing it is it helps with your electromagnetic field protecting you from emf radiations and stuff of that nature there's a video i posted on my instagram somewhere where I took the pyramid and put it in front of a light and you could see going back and forth, the EMF radiation go down when you place a pyramid over the light. Yeah. Yeah. That's mad. Um, yeah. So if how I look at it is like a lot of people, um, my nan was into Reiki and, um, you know, sort of showed me some of that, some of that work that she used to do and crystals and some people just you know in a certain sense will still look at crystals as just a rock but what what's the sort of connection between the energy that a crystal absorbs is it similar to the crown piece that you have in a sense you know if you're using different materials Uh, yeah yeah very similar Mm. i've seen uh so this is produced by dr fred bell who was a nasa scholar uh he passed uh, a couple years ago from falling down the stairs oh question mark Mm. Yeah. So uh, he's done some beautiful studies with laser technology. And when you point laser into crystals, you some crystals will even hold maps. There's when you point and it has to be a specific nanometer. Uh, I forgot on the top of my head. I think it's 560 to. I don't know the exact measurements on the top of my head, but it has to be a specific nano nanometer wavelength. When you point it into the crystal, I have a paradigm necklace. And when I point in the paradigm necklace, it actually aligns with the stars. I was all the way up in North Florida and the darkest of night, you could see the stars. It's really dark up there, less light pollution. So I point it in the paradigm necklace and it literally points and aligns with all the stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was visible. And with crystals, some crystals will even hold maps. I've, I've seen pictures of crystals holding maps. And then he did an experiment where he saged the whole place, and then he got a whole bunch of lasers and pointed into the crystals. Because when you're pointing the laser into the crystal, you'll see the, the crystal is more animated. You'll feel more resonance from the crystal as well. Mm. Because, again, the, the aspect of light holding information, right? So the light spectrum diving, dialing the crystal to animate more and amplify. 
Some crystal will even hold maps. But there's even a particular picture that's uh, very famous on the website. Just go to my my website, alchemybreath.org slash biohacking, lowercase b, and scroll all the way down to pyramids and then go to go to the go to the page and then go to um, books and Dr. Fred Belt's stuff is there. And there's a particular picture you'll see of this spirit literally coming out of the crystal. Because when you sage the place and you have the light spectrum going, mm. it, it it kind it uh, it resonates the the reflection coming off the crystal starts to resonate and you'll start to see what's actually inside the crystal holding information. He he describes it as the akashic the akashic effect or the akashic records mm. coming down to a a more denser dimension of reality. Yeah. And for those that don't know the, to my understanding, the Akosic records is kind of, is it kind of a place you can download from? It's kind of like how we would call like the iCloud for Apple. Yeah. In yeah. A Someone, you could describe it as the iCloud of consciousness. Mm-hmm. It, that's what I find funny is we actually, a lot of, a lot of this, when you start looking into ancient civilizations and the technology that it was, it's already existent. And then what I start to see is is that we're actually going into a reality where we're just mimicking nature and trying to catch up with it, you know, simulations and <laughs> and games and, you know, the iCloud and the internet and Wi-Fi. Yeah, there's, there's new technology out there that's turning air into food. Yeah, I've, so I've it's, seen that. It's a becoming bit. a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also, um, there's also, I've seen, um, the thing is these technologies even get suppressed and that's how I look at it. It's like the, um, there's a guy in South Africa that was, you, you know, using the humidity from the air with a machine that would turn it into water and then it's just, but they just can't get funding or it just doesn't happen. You never see it again. <laughs> yeah. And the, there's another guy in Texas that's doing the same thing. So I've seen that guy. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's more of crowdfunding and it's working. It's getting, mm. he's getting traction. Which is beautiful. But even when he went to Flint, Michigan, apparently they vandalized um, his machine out there, which is unfortunate. Mm. But, I yeah. mean, making anything for free is pretty dangerous. <laughs> you gotta be a yeah. warrior. So, <laughs> um, you mentioned a little bit um, about biohacking. So, I mean, is it what? What is biohacking basically? Uh well, biohacking. I like to use the word biohacking because it's 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 a mainstream understanding. If I were to use something else, which is I have tons of other words to use, but people people resonate for some reason with biohacking. So I, I tend to use it. Biohacking is literally just coming back to harmonious resonance with your biology. That's the most simplest way of put, putting it. Yeah, Even yeah. when it would say the infrared light is, is a form of biohacking. And also the sun produces infrared at, at a high point when it's midday, the highest will produce infrared. But it's also beautiful to have the infrared as well because no matter where you are in the winter time, the infrared spectrum of the sun goes down. No matter where you are, you could be in Africa, you could be in here in Miami, and it, it'll be 80 degrees, but the infrared lighting apparently goes down uh, dramatically during winter time because I guess the, the layer of the firmament, if you will, mm. <laughs> starts to have an effect. So, so same firmament there. Then, would what is your sort of take on you know um, 
science's view that we're on a globe or a flat earth you know if you're looking well when when i when i look at a globe Mm. when i look at the the globe map and if i were to put a helicopter like a toy helicopter where i'm looking there's north america up here Mm. and australia is down here and i have the helicopter like how does the helicopter not fall off (laughs) fall off the globe Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make any sense. But if you look at NATO, uh, the sorry, if you look at the UN, yeah. the UN uh, globe, that map actually makes more sense than the the globe. Yeah, I mean that that there's a lot of maps that are more based on the flat Earth model that are around the world in some of the highest places, which I've seen. <laughs> um, yeah, Alaska or sorry, Antarctica. Antarctica mm-hmm. has so many beautiful, uh, warm climates. Even in Antarctica, a lot of people don't know that, but Antarctica has warm tropical places in Antarctica Mm. and also hidden technologies that we're still scratching our heads trying to find out why yeah yeah. Uh, just if if you look at something called uh the the blue ice or I saw that the other day yeah the blue ice that they studied it as well yeah it'll melt in your hand Mm. but there's no water it just yeah. evaporates because it's so f- infused with so much oxygen mm. so they, so these scientists have been trying to penetrate that wall but when they try penetrating it it just heals and closes so quickly mm. yeah i i saw that the other day and then it, it they called it sky ice or something like that I oh saw. sky ice yeah. yeah something like that um you know, but then there's like Operation Fishbowl. There's loads of different things I've looked into where it's like they, they've tried to, you know, throw nukes up at the sky or to see if they can hit the ceiling and things like this. I just find through the CIA documents. Um, so a little bit off topic there, but still, like, what was your what is your kind of thoughts of what Earth is? You know, if it's not a globe, it's not flat. I mean, obviously, through ancient civilizations, it seems it seems they looked at it differently as well. Yeah, uh, there's so many ways of looking at it, but at the end of the day, it's it's how you perceive it in in real time that is 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 more is more ideal in mm-hmm. the sense of if if I'm walking down the street, then I'm walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do this a lot, like awareness. You know, this mm-hmm. I I do have a wandering mind. <laughs> I like to I like to find out what everything is, and then you just realize where everything's here and now, anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but where was I for half an hour? <laughs> yeah, but it's true because you do kind of go into that. Even that's why I think working out and breath work. You know, and all this this work you're doing is so important to people because it puts you in the present moment. I mean, even when you're, even when I'm running, I, I run through the woods and forest near me, and it's like I just, you just you can't really explain that moment to other people, but you know you're very in sync with the time that you're doing it. You know, and and you do want to get back to it after a while. You know, next day usually. Yeah. So. So the, the the sort of other thing I know you do, I think it's, I'm dyslexic, so I usually pronounce things differently to how they're spelt. <laughs> but is it scalar or scala? Uh, scalar. Scalar. Yeah, so scalar frequency. I know you use some sort of mechanisms or machines that, that do this, as well as aura, um, 
on photos. I've seen you do stuff like that. Could you explain a little bit further on those topics? Yeah. So what scalar is, think of the two of the same frequencies coming together, canceling each other out, creating an impulse, impulse, right? Just like the pulse in your heart. Mm. So you can literally view scalar as another body, if you will, but scalar exists. Scalar is literally your auric field, your thoughts ride on scalar and your energetic resonance is is what created your body. Thus, you came from the aspect of scalar. So you can even call it a divine presence, a divine power, if you will. And what scalar devices in general do, they don't produce scalar. They just give you more access to what is already there. That's why scalar, it's, it's, you could say it's quantum. You could say it's instantaneous. It's, there's no point A to point B. There's only just point A. That's that's how scalar scalar works. So what we've been doing for the past year now, people from all over the world been sending in their pictures, an injury that they have, and we place it onto the scalar using also a biogeometric blueprint that we place over their picture, and then we place it on the scalar. And remotely, no matter where they are in the world, they're receiving. Uh, certain healing frequencies to their body or more harmonious frequencies, if you will, uh, to their body. Hence, uh, let's dive into the aspect of frequency nutrition. So uh, with this scalar, there's over 40,000 plus different programs uh, I can run. And some of them can even be colloidal gold, if you will, or or even stem cell regeneration, et cetera. There's so many different ways of utilizing frequencies inside scalar. So what scalar does, it gives the body more access to harmonize with those frequencies versus just playing a frequency and then you feel a certain way. But scalar goes a little bit more deeper in, in that aspect because some people may not even feel it physically, but mentally, spiritually, and over time, you start to realize things are really shifting fast. Hmm. So scalar, when you have a scalar device, how I describe it is you're creating a scalar body and the body harnesses those frequencies and your mirror neurons pick up on that type of body and then reciprocates at a deeper level. Right, okay. And, then, and you can do this with someone there or i've seen i've seen it can be done you know it can pick up someone else from far away how does that work yeah yeah we can do it even with objects i did a whole experiment live on instagram as well i i took a whole bunch of screenshots of people's cars and then i ran chemtrail detox and emf uh detox as well on their cars and also, what also happened as well, because we also were running also har different harmonious frequencies as well, their mileage improved, which is, I guess, super important around these times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then someone came on the next week, because I told people to come back and share their experiences. Someone came on the next week live and showed a whole range of the clouds was circling his car. Mm. <laughs> and that showed that we're we're literally chem chem busting yeah, all yeah, the chemtrails yeah. chem that that was up in up in the sky. 
Yeah, yeah. So there's there the 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 range of different things you can do with scalar is endless. Now we're at the point where if you own a farm, I'm helping out farmers where you can send in your picture for free. I'll do it for free with the subject scalar farm. My email is Devon at alchemybreath.work and send a picture of your soil or the whole farm in, in a in a picture. Mm. And we'll put that onto the scalar and run remote frequencies into the soil. We have 30 plus farmers giving powerful testimonials just in even three days already. Yeah, yeah. And there are some people like, man, I want to sleep on the, I'm sleeping on the farm now. It feels so different here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, soil is a big problem. I mean, we have the, you know, the climate change agreement, which that name doesn't really spell out what it is, but it is that, you know, everyone should protect the soil and you still have a lot of countries not obviously signed to that agreement and i think with you know pesticides a lot of farmers are mainly growing corn and soya bean which is just given back to animals to eat so you know and then they're not getting three to four year crop cycles either it's usually three years and then the soil goes bad and then they have to wait a year because of what they're using so i think that's you know if if frequency work or scalar work can be for that i think it's in the times we're going towards maybe trying to stay in the present but you still have to look a little bit to the future <laughs> just to know where you're going i think um so it can work with objects soil nature basically i suppose it's a part of nature so it can interact with yes. all parts so you said there's forty thousand programs how does that work over it... over 40 so the database has over forty thousand programs one of the one of the databases is rife yeah which he was a founder of uh one of the founders founding fathers of finding out how you can use frequencies to eradicate certain illnesses etc and his database is in there along with also other facilities that have been already experimenting with different frequencies etc yeah so have you um the person i've kind of uh stumbled across Going, going into frequencies and back to sort of hemisync meditations is uh, Robert Monroe. And he was, um, I think he was had a radio station at the beginning and then he developed the Monroe institutions, which the CIA got involved with. And this is like the gateway process. Have you heard of that? So No. No. So, so basically it's like 18 tapes. I've only managed to get to number five because it's just um, – but it leads you through resonant breathing, you know, in through the nose and then out through the mouth but with, with a humming noise from yourself and then um, affirmations and then it's basically how to put your body asleep. So have you dealt into astral projection or lucid dreaming? Is that something that you practice at all or – yeah, I, I, I'm at the point where I can literally either go into deep connection with the body or astral mm. or lucid dreaming if, if I wanted to. Yeah. And does that take, you know, a, a while or <laughs> not as in to get no. there, but you can literally just tap into that now? Yeah, it's, it's all about, again, using the breath. I like to say the breath resides in all dimensions of reality because when you're dreaming, you are, are breathing. In your mm. dream, you're breathing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Even when you're astral projecting, air kind of feels it kind of feels different, but it's still you still feel that 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 essence, mm. you know. See, I've tried to do it for 
probably about a year maybe or so and i find i don't know whether it's fear or whether it's like a feeling but it's just i cannot sort of get my head or get uh, i cannot sort of experience being out of the body it's like i get to a point you know i feel that here is is becoming quite you know it's vibrating in a sense and then also I have tingle a tingle sensation across my body and then I, I find the next day actually I kind of I look at it like oh I did experience something then but when I'm in it it's kind of like I'm not going really anywhere apart from my bedroom <laughs> so do you what do you feel would be sort of the the process of where someone can you know get to that state where you can easily tap into these environments now, one of the affirmations I like going to sleep is I'm breathing, I'm breathing, I'm breathing, I'm mm. breathing, I'm breathing. So that's one way of, of tapping, tapping into it. Another way is uh, the eye breathing, where on your inhales, you're looking down. On your exhales, you're gazing up, looking up, doing that to sleep with your, with your eyes closed mm. and doing, doing that to sleep. Because when you're doing that, you're now harmonizing with the breath and also with the hippocampus going back and forth and how the energetic resonance of where the breath is going, you're, you're giving more focus into that point and you'll start to open certain channels within, within the brain. Yeah. Do you, do you feel you're going out of your body for astral projection or you're going Oh, in? no, no. So, so yeah, the way I personally project is a little bit different mm. in the aspect of projecting. It's more like echoing. Okay. Like uh, instead of, Instead of forcing out of the body, in the sense I'm I'm echoing like m multiplying different variations of myself, not variations, but of the same of the same essence to the point where I'm literally echoing. It's more like an echo effect, and then I feel like all right, um, I, there's like a path that I'm leaving behind mm. in terms of where I'm going. So it's not just me just detaching and going elsewhere. Because I have done that. I definitely have done that. But now I'm at the point where I like to echo because I like to leave the trail behind. So when I want to go back, it's, it's there. So it's leaving, it's consciously leaving like an energetic imprint for me to go back as well. And it feels like I'm not too detached from my body either because mm. I don't like forcefully like detaching. Yeah. Do you think there's any sort of danger towards, you know, completely detaching? Maybe you might not come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've read I've read forums with people um, doing that and having nightmares afterwards or mm. developing sleeping disorders as well. I, there's like Reddits on that. Yeah. I've also heard that, you know, um, some people look at Reiki or these energies you could be pulling, pulling sort of dark energies. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, that's why the breath in anything you do is, is super important because if you can keep a purity of breath, when you go into these practices or mm. doing anything of this nature, if, if the breath is pure, then the practice becomes even more pure, if you will, or even the practitioner might start to feel a different way about doing certain things and shift, shift another course of action. So I've, you know, I've worked with humbly worked with 
Reiki masters, even Qigong masters yeah. as well. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, even older, older people interacting with them and, and sharing what I know about the breath has, you know, they definitely see why it's very important for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my, my nan, uh, she lives in Spain and I went and did a sort of three day kind of course with her in a sense. And even now I kind of just put my hands, you know, if I had a tummy ache or something like that, I'd put my hands there and it's like, you know, but every time, uh, she did it to me, I was sick, <laughs> you know, it brings <clears> it out. <throat> so then it got to a thing where I was like, I don't really want to do it today, nan. <laughs> it's a bit too much. <laughs> I, I'm going to feel sick. So, but you know, that may be just what needs to come out of that, that, that stage. I think sometimes it's hard to explain. <clears throat> so, Leading leading to the end of this, like my mind is blown from this conversation anyway. But um, what is your thoughts on on like something that's fascinating me at the minute, and I keep seeing it around all the time is aging, and like I've seen sort of um, you know Indians stories from the Eastern world that some people have lived to like two hundred, some people live to like five hundred. You know these these sort of myths that you come by come come by on the yeah, internet, even even thousands in, mm. in Burma. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on that? Is it like that? Obviously, the way of life in the Western world is not a, not a great one in in lot of, in a lot of essences. I find. So, do you think like the Eastern world has probably got it more tapped into ancient civilizations in the way that they they might still have that knowledge and maybe we're trying oh, to Oh yeah, for, for sure. It's definitely lingering around. And uh, most of these places that have sentience to, you know, people leaving all the way to thousands of years old has less stress, mm. you know, which is another key factor when it comes to this world, yeah. uh, this, the Western side. Well, let's hope they don't worry about the past because <laughs> there'd be a lot of it behind. And um, yeah. my final question is what I usually ask. Uh, well, I ask every guest that comes on and it's uh, series three is based on what reality are you in? So the question to you is what is reality to you? Mm, what reality is to me? Reality is, is honoring life for what it is and not what it could be. And going back to that statement, you're honoring what the all that is, God, the universe, creator, however you want to describe it, Allah. You're honoring what it has given you. And when you honor that, you're also honoring that you are part of the co-creation as well. And taking what has given you and either harmonizing with it, transmuting it, or succumbing to it. And when that realization happens, you know, you again have the responsibility in terms of reality and being either real with yourself or creating more illusions, hiding from what reality has given you. And when you honor reality for what it is, you now go in front of the passenger seat instead of the back seat to see the full window up front to see where different paths may lead in terms of that reality. Yeah, I think that's probably the best answer I've had so far. <laughs> it's a very good take on it. Well, Devon, thank you so much for your time today.